WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD, the South Shores radio station. My name is John Paul, host of the Car Doctor Program. And if you say any sounds a little bit funny this morning, well, I made my way down to Florida uh, to check out what's going on with my little tin shack down here. And um, it's really bad down here in Florida. Uh, The little community I live in, which is a couple hundred homes, I bet, Half of them are uninhabitable. Just about every home in here has damage. Uh, mine, I thought I had it kind of squared away till about an hour ago where water started dripping in the living room ceiling. So I ripped out part of the ceiling. My wife, Joanne, is not happy with me. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so it's interesting. So just in case things go badly, and oh, by the way, I have no internet. And I'm doing this over the Comrex BrickLink app, which works good. And if you hear noise in the background, the neighbors having their lawn mowed, because, of course, that had to happen right now, too. So, um, and the lawn grew a lot because we got 18 inches of rain. Um, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting time. So just in case things go really badly, uh, Junior D'Amato is with us, and uh, he might have to take over the show at some point if, if I lose my cell signal or whatever it is. And as, as crazy as it sounds, I'm on a cordless headset, a Solaire cordless headset. My phone, because cell service isn't that good, is actually sitting on a little wastebasket outside of my house because the cell phone signal is better outside than inside. Junior, good morning. Wow, John, I tell you, New England is not half bad compared to uh, what you just went through down there. And God bless you and uh, poor Miss Joanne. Bring her a nice dinner today and she'll be happy. Well, something like that. No, it is. It's uh, it's an interesting time down here. It's uh, a lot of a lot of businesses haven't been able to reopen yet because they've had so much damage. Uh, the garage at the end of the street. The roof is off of that. They finally put a they put some plywood up over it and put a tarp over it to try to get it watertight. I noticed they had a sign out this morning that it was open. Uh, the tire store a little ways down the street never reopened. It looks like the wind blew in three of their twelve uh, uh, foot tall garage doors, so that place is shut down. The body shop a little further down from there looks like it's back open again you know but the good thing is the local dunkin donuts is is open and everybody's happy working there you know people love dunkin donuts there was a big thing here in uh, stowe mass where all the dunks were closed uh they closed them up and they moved on and uh it was a big uh a big to do about trying to get uh one more dunkin donuts where they had five just to get one in there now, so who knows what they're doing? I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So what's going? On, what's going on? In, what's going into the garage these days down at Junior's Automotive? What's what's Every, the everything? Uh, John is absolutely picture perfect. And uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I I um, have a, a lawnmower that someone gave me the other day, and. Uh, I, I, I said to the woman, when was the last time this was running? She said, oh, I think it was just running recently. I took out the gas. The gas looked like root beer. Um, what do people need to do to think about, uh, 
getting their getting their summer stuff put away or their summer equipment put away or you know next year getting their winter stuff put away what what what's your thoughts on stable or any other kind of gas stabilizer how do you treat the carburetor do you drain the carburetor what what do you like to do it's funny that you asked that i just picked up a used john deere tractor yesterday uh, because I wanted to detach my lawn, couldn't get anybody to do it. So we uh, got a used two-cylinder John Deere with a hydrostatic drive, I guess you call it. And yeah. uh, I went down to Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, and got one of those little things to pull behind it. I cannot believe how good a John Deere. You know, nothing runs like a Deere. Nothing runs like a Deere. You know, did, uh, did, Carla, okay. did, Carla, did Carla say she thinks your tractor is sexy? Uh, no, it uh, has no. a little front-end damage on it, but no. that's okay. We ordered the parts from Amazon, so it'll look really great uh, when we get it done. But I'm amazed, John, how it's about 10 years old, how good yep. this thing runs. But, yep. you know, one of the things that I really, really key in on is the fuel. The fuel is so important, and, you know, you can buy a gallon of fuel. I think it's probably somewhere around, I'm going to take a guess, John, uh, $18, from Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, True Value, Ace Hardware, any of those places. Um, and the, the fuel is not the uh, 5 or $6 a gallon fuel you get from the gas station. has a three-year shelf life, shelf life, no kind of uh, alcohol in it, and it really does make a big difference. It doesn't um, congeal, congest, and just doesn't attract water. It really does work well. The other thing yeah. is I did my mind this morning is I had some of that stable. I put some stable in it. And um, once I run this thing down to pretty much nothing, I'll put a gallon of that uh, tri-fuel, I might call it. It might be the brand name. And it really yeah. works well. The other thing is VP Racing Fuel from any Napa store will do the same thing. Well, you might say, well, I have a two-cycle weed whacker or whatever it might be. Guess what? They have that as well as just regular four-cycle. The two-cycle, of course, is mixed either 40 or 50 to 1 with oil. The four-cycle is just straight fuel. So you can do what you want to do. Now, the big thing is flip a coin. Do you drain the carburetor or leave it full? Great question. Some people like to drain the fuel out of the carb. Some people like to leave it in. I personally leave mine in. Yeah, I do the same. I, I do the same thing. I leave it in. I used to drain it and I found out that, you know, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, especially the little, the little uh, carburetors, you know, you get a little bit of rust that builds up in the bowl when it's empty like that. You don't ha you don't have that when it's full. And, uh, you know, the Volkswagen that we keep down here has been parked down here since uh, we left in June. Um, I filled that gas tank with down here. You can buy, they call it recreational fuel. It's, um, it's 91 octane alcohol-free fuel, and I filled the tank with that, added stable to it just in case, put the battery on a battery tender, aired up the tires to the maximum amount, lubricated everything I could lubricate. Um, the car cover didn't survive the hurricane, uh, the, although it was still in the yard somewhere, but uh, the car cover came off the car. Um, the car got some damage because the carport came came down on top of the car but as far as the car starting up it starts up it runs great so uh, a little bit of preventative maintenance can go a long way for either putting stuff away for the winter or putting stuff away for this for the fall yeah we don't have that liberty of recreational fuel up here if we did 
there'd be no need to buy this expensive fuel. Um, the same thing for this expensive fuel, John, is very good to put in your little outboard uh, engines for your uh, your uh, rowboats or whatever you might have, jet skis, yep. any kind of recreational vehicle. Uh, you put that um, good fuel in there with an addition of some stable, and you're pretty much guaranteed not to have any carburetor problem in the uh, spring. Now, the other thing down here, you might have it down there as well, I'm sure, is a lot of the um, the two-cycle and four, well, the two-cycle motors, the engines are pretty much gonzo for the most part. Everything yeah. now is four-cycle, and now we're seeing fuel-injected uh, lawnmowers and tractors up here at uh, some of the higher-end stores. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty amazing to think, you know, how some of these little motors have changed so much in the in the past. Even my little outboard motor is uh, is fuel injected. Uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty amazing the technology that's in there, and you can you can plug into it and see how many gallons of fuel has gone through it, how many hours were on it, when the last time it was serviced. Technology is pretty amazing on some of these on some of these uh, small motors and great big sure. ones too. Um, you know, whether it's uh, I saw uh, uh, and who knows where it was going. I saw it sitting on a trailer. It had uh, it was going down the highway, and it was a a boat with uh, four of those. Uh, uh, 12 cylinder mercuries on the back of it. Well, that's uh, four 12 cylinder mercuries equal 600 times four. That's 2,400 horsepower. And on those engines, the only thing that turns is the lower units. The engines stay straight forward. And uh, those engines have a two speed transmission in them that Mercury has been working on since 2001. 2001, they started working on a two-speed transmission for those outboard motors, and they finally have done it. And the outboard motors now are the big to-dos in today's market. Now, you mentioned the big 600s. Mercury has always been a uh, leader in trying to be horsepower. They have the, what they call a Verado, which is a fuel-injected, yep. supercharged motor. Well, now they just released, and Fred Bennett here from uh, Newton here in Massachusetts is very close with the guys down at Outer Limits, building a 377, which is a 37-foot catamaran, with a couple of 500R motors. Those are outboard uh, Mercury motors. They used to have 350, 450 motors. Now they have 300, 400, and 500 outboard motors, as well as that big Kahuna, the 600 horsepower motor. So things are really changing with these uh, with these boats, and a lot of people now are going to outboards. Outboards really just don't break like the inboard outboards. Yeah, they they really are. They're a lot more. They're a lot more efficient. They they work a lot better. And the good thing is, if you do damage it, or you know, if you do have a problem with it, uh, you know, you you know, working working on a working on a, a boat with uh, twin inboards in it, uh, they don't make them that easy to work on. I know uh, a friend of mine has a has a thirty uh, five foot boat with. Um, and I, I, I guess he's a friend of mine. I'll say he's a friend of mine when the boat won't run. And he calls me up and he says, come, you know, come over and take a look at it. And the idea of, uh, you know, even trying to pull 16 spark plugs out uh, on something with uh, a twin 454s in it in a, in a fairly good-sized boat isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. No, they're very, very close to each other. And the real problem, John, is trying to do any work on the outboard cylinders against the uh, – the gunnels, you know, the uh, 
the size oh, yeah. of the boat. Yeah. That's almost impossible. Uh, Eliminator el- eliminated that problem uh, in their Speedster. They have the hatch that goes down below the level of where the spark plugs are, so you can get in there and do what you have to do. Makes it real nice and easy. But uh, anyway, getting back to these cars, uh, you have a lot of water damage cars down there that are heading to the salvage pools, and uh, I just hope that they, uh, they are able to take those salvage pool cars and make sure that they are water damaged or salvaged, and they have them on the title so people up north don't buy them, and all of a sudden, three years later, hey, this thing, everything's rotted. Yeah, it, it is. I, in fact, I got an email this morning, and, and again, I'm limited because it's been, you know, we just got down here Wednesday afternoon, but it's since the storm, it's been a couple of weeks. So this is probably three weeks that there's no Comcast yet. Uh, at least the power's on and the water's on, so that's partway there. But but the uh, I was looking at some email this morning from one of the columns that I do, and somebody wrote in and said, I really should do a story about how to uh, prevent some of these flood-damaged cars from getting into kind of unsuspecting hands. And and some of it is, you know, some of it will, some of these cars will end up, they'll go through multiple auctions until the title comes up clean. And, you know, sometimes the dealers get taken advantage of. They think it's a car that's a good deal. In fact, you know, it went through a couple of changes and all of a sudden the title comes out with no stamp on it that says it was a salvage. Yeah, that that could happen. And with the way that's done, it goes from a Florida title to a Tennessee title, maybe out to a Wyoming title. And um, all you have to do to get a title is get a bill of sale and the sales tax has to be paid. And once yep. that's done, uh, that's that's how you get titles on cars because yep. I've had to get a couple of cars. I know we got a couple of cars brandy new, and um, they're just for, for you know speculation on selling them. The dealer yep. won't sell you the car anymore unless you buy the car, pay the sales tax. You don't have to register it, yep. but you do have to pay the sales tax on a brand new car from a car dealership. And that's even if you have a used car license now. The only way that's done, you don't have to pay the tax if you're a new car dealer and you are swapping out a trade or you're taking uh, a Chevy to another Chevy dealership. Other than that, even another dealer would have to pay the title. That's so you don't put the cars. Yeah, it is. It is pretty interesting, especially with uh, with cars being in such short supply. But you're right. You could you could take a car that say say it was a 2019 Lexus RX, you know, real popular SUV. And that was a that was a flood total. Uh, it gets shipped up to, like you said, you know, from Florida to Tennessee to Wyoming to Vermont. And people paid the sales tax on the way and paying, you know, uh, you know, whatever the whatever the sales tax number is, six, seven, eight percent, whatever it is on 20 grand is a fair amount of money. But all of a sudden, when that car comes out with a clean title, instead of being a twenty thousand dollar Lexus, it's a forty five thousand dollar Lexus. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes it that makes it, you know, you know, some some dealers are willing to willing to take a chance for that. When you get when you have and I know you do a lot of these, a lot of people that are considering buying a used car they bring it to you first a lot like you know way back way back in the day when we ran the AAA diagnostic center we used to do a lot of used car inspections and uh, you do the same thing if if you see if somebody comes in with a car and you suspect it's um, flood damage what kind of stuff do you look for the first thing we do 
on any vehicle before we start, you know, we drive the car, that's the first thing that gets done on any automobile. The second thing is before we even open the hood, usually we'll put the car up in the air and take a look underneath to see what's going on as far as any kind of rust the corrosion. I had a Jeep come in, and I, re- I really literally yelled at this really great customer, high Park customer, come down, and I says, what the blah, blah, blah did you do? This guy's well, I just had a little rattle in the car. The rear suspension is completely wiped out and all eaten away by rust, like the car was in salt water, mm. and it did have a trailer hitch. And I says, well, you got to, you know, I'll write it up. You can bring it back to the dealer you bought it from. He says, I bought it from a private party. I says, was it more than a week ago? Yeah, it was about two weeks ago. I says, in plain English, you are very much screwed, my friend, because yeah. now you can't do anything. Um, if I sold you this car, I would have to take it back even after two weeks. If you came to me right after you bought it, I could have failed the inspection because of frame damage, and then you could have gone back to this guy, and you would have at least had something to go to small claims court if you had to. This poor guy, the car is junk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, junk. It, you can put your finger through the frame. Yeah, and one of, one of the things about that, too, and, you know, sometimes will, people will sell cars, and they'll, they'll say they're a private party, but, in fact, they're you know they're selling you know they might be selling one car a month and i always get suspicious of you know when somebody says to you well meet me at the stop and shop parking lot i'll show you the car and and they're like and you ask do you have the title for the car and they'll say yeah and if you ask them um well is is this name on the title you and then all of a sudden you find out oh no it's not really them because they bought the car, they never registered or insured it or paid the sales tax on it, and they're just trying to do the same thing, like you said, with some of the dealers, flipping the car over, and all of a sudden that car, the title says John Paul on it, but Junior D'Amato selling it, well, you got to watch out for those those people, too. Well, the problem with that, John Paul sold Junior D'Amato, and Junior D'Amato did not put right. his name on the title, so... Uh, that would that's a thing. Well, hey, John, you know what? I, I'm going to probably flip the car. Don't put. I'm not going to sign the yeah, title. Yeah, you can just yeah. sign it. That yeah. that can get both John Paul and Jr. in a lot of trouble if it ever comes pushed to shove. So you that's really right. got to be careful with that, you know. And uh, you, you, it's just the way it is. But you got to start underneath, then go into the car. The second thing I would look at when I look at the car is I look at the driver's seat, the side bolster. I look at both the brake pedal and the gas pedal and the rug and the floor mat to see what kind of wear may be there. And, of course, pull up the, uh, the, the uh, floor mats, see if there is any mo- must, you know, musty smell there yeah. or yeah. mildew or if it's wet. And then we go to underneath the hood to start checking stuff under the hood. Yeah, pull pull yeah. the pull the air filter out, pull the cabin filter out, kind of look inside there. Be a little suspicious sometimes if they're brand new. Pull the spare tire down, see if there's mud on top of the spare tire. Um, look inside the, the taillight lenses. Are they full of water? Is there moisture inside there? All, all those things can help, uh, help a, a, somebody be aware of what's going on with the car, right? Uh, uh, it's, it, it's common sense. I remember the AAA Diagnostic Center uh, 100 years ago. And uh, they, you guys did a lot, a lot of vehicles there. There was no question. I don't know what you did a day, but you guys did a lot. Oh uh, yeah, we we did we did somewhere between twelve and fifteen cars every day, and that was you know that was uh, you know five days a week. 
It was it was the only job I ever had that I only worked five days a week, though. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, since we closed on Saturday, a lot of people down here in my Middleborough area uh, have also closed on Saturdays. And I don't see myself going back to opening the shop back on Saturday. Um, I do have uh, Bobby down there hanging out a little bit um, on a Saturday. I was just down there today, and we're working on uh, my old plow truck. And the exhaust manifold bolts, like on all the Chevy LS motors, they all break and rust, and you got to weld a piece of metal or a nut on top of the broken stud and just hope to heck you can unscrew it out of the uh, cylinder head. Um, if you have a Dodge that's ticking or a Chevy that's ticking, especially Fords that tick when you first start them up in the morning and uh, it goes away after about six or eight minutes or sounds a lot less, chances are that's not a hydraulic valve lifter. Chances are that's a broken exhaust manifold stud. On the Dodges, a lot of them, you actually have to pull the motor out because those Hemis, they don't give you any room to get a drill in there and drill out a broken uh, stud or even weld on a nut to the broken stud so you can try to back it out. It's pretty it's pretty uh, time-consuming. And uh, a guy yeah. just came in with a broken stud on a Chevy. The other day, he got quoted $4,400 to replace the exhaust manifolds on a Chevy Oof. You know, three-quarter-ton pickup truck. Yeah, yeah you got to pull yeah. them up. On this one here, they were pulling out the motor and doing it on a stand. Yeah, It can no, be done pretty, in the vehicle. It's yeah, very yeah. difficult. Yeah, no. Hey, Junior, can you stay with us for a while longer? Yeah, I was just I was just detaching my lawn, John, but I'll help you out. There, there you go. Uh, we're You're talking with guy. Junior D'Amato, owner of Junior's Automotive, formerly Junior's Automotive in Hyde Park, now Junior's Automotive uh, in Middleborough. Uh, a ASC certified master technician, uh, AAA approved auto repair shop. We need to take a break and pay some bills. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask Junior about, uh, uh, he mentioned the ticking noise coming out of the, the Ram, uh, Ram trucks. Uh, what's going on with the Ram truck camshafts and, and, and lifted problems that we keep hearing about? We'll find out a little bit more information about that when we come back. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. It happens all over Massachusetts. In every home and every community. Be careful in your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere. Hi guys. We'll see you practice this weekend. And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, Desi is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and car rentals, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Talk radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATAD. I was just reading an article. It says, uh, the smell of success Musk perfume sells. Some weeks ago, it's hard to choose. Only one story about Elon Musk, the billionaire Tesla CEO, bid to buy Twitter. Uh, just when it looked like it was off, apparently it's back on. Uh, and... Uh, Musk apparently decided he was going to be a perfume salesman. He uh, sold 20,000 bottles of a new scent perfume called Burnt Hair. Uh, He sold it in uh, two days at $100 a bottle. That's $2 million in revenue. Um, uh, Hey, Jesse, how about you and I get together? We'll come up with some kind of perfume. I mean, it's going to be hard to top Burnt Hair. Burnt hair, yeah. But maybe yeah, like so. uh, burnt tires, you know, uh, keep, some, it, keep it in line like with cars. Some, Why not? Yeah, something like that. Good idea. Hey, Junior, so, uh, uh, you know, you imagine uh, Elon Musk selling $2 million worth of perfume in two days? Well, John, the guy has uh, anything that guy touches uh, goes into big money and good luck to the job. Good luck to Elon Musk. I did real well with him all his uh all the stocks we had years and years ago with Tesla, but I don't, I don't know where it's going to be going now with everybody else jumping in the bandwagon. He has to really make a redesign change or a design change in those automobiles that he has because they are nowhere as near as flattering as the new cars that we're seeing, like from all the other car companies, uh, especially Hyundai, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, before we, before we went to the break there, um, you know, some of the some of the uh, Ram pickups have had a problem with the uh, with camshafts and tappets and rounding or rounding off camshafts. Are you seeing a lot of those in the shop? Yes, um, we're seeing. You ready for this? Uh, a tremendous amount of those Rams with the Hemis, where people are not being really, uh, you know good about changing their oil and using a good filter. There's a big difference in oil filters from $1.99 to, you know, the factory ones or good wicks or something like that. Um, Yeah, we're seeing a lot of problems with camshafts, a lot of problems with lifters, and a few valve springs um, on the Hemis. We saw uh, a tremendous amount of valve spring failure. Uh, Number six cylinder on the GM V8s, the six liters, six twos, the gas motors, and a lot of uh, problems with those where they have the variable uh, cylinder deactivation. Only on the cylinder deactivation did we have that trouble. Uh, on the Fords, we have seen a tremendous amount of the timing chains going bad, the cam rollers, uh, mm-hmm. the timing chain roller wearing out, and water pumps on the six-cylinder uh, three liters, Oil pumps on a tremendous amount of the Chevrolet, Tahoes, Suburbans, uh, things like that, especially pickup trucks and the police vehicles that do a tremendous amount of idling. Uh, these, all these cars, John, have their own little quirks that should have been taken care of by the car manufacturer. That's why sometimes, you know, those extended warranties, even though, yeah, they're three grand on average for an extended warranty, they really do make a difference. A water pump on a six-cylinder, like a Ford Explorer, one of those type vehicles, that could be eighteen hundred to twenty-two hundred dollars. Camshaft. I was going to say yeah. it's, it's it's eight hours labor, as I recall. Oh, it's more th- more than that yeah. now, John. Oh, maybe maybe um, it's, maybe it's fifteen hours labor. It's a yeah, it's a staggering amount like of labor. It. 
Yeah. That's, some yeah. people pull the mo- some people pull the engines out, John, and some people mm. do them in the car. Uh, the GM cars they're having trouble with all the LS oil pumps, especially on police vehicles. Uh, you've yeah. got to pull the engine uh, oil pan. You've got to pull the whole front timing cover off and everything with that because the oil pump's in the front of the motor on those vehicles. And the uh, the Dodges, the Hemis, uh, camshafts, big, big problems on those vehicles. They're having a lot of trouble on everything. And, again, the car companies in some cases, well, they'll maybe help you. But I hate to be the you know the guy to say it. The extended warranties are a pretty good way to go as long as it's a good one. One of the big ones that we have seen, John, and have no no trouble is that new one that's been out for the past maybe eight or nine months called Car Shield, where you don't pay it up front. You pay a monthly premium for that particular uh, insurance policy, mechanical breakdown policy. And they do start at a higher number, let's say $150, whatever it yeah. might be, 100 bucks. Yeah. You can chisel them down if you say no, 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 and they will drop the price down about 30% on average. And you know what? I can't fight you on that, John. That's something that I really got to stand firm on. That's a, not a, one of those type warranties. They do work for the person that's going to keep their car. Yeah, no, it is. And you're right. Sometimes not accepting the first price. I know the old the old car that we keep on Cape Cod happened to have satellite radio in it. And just for fun, I called him up one day and said, you know, can you turn it on? It's, you know, it's a, there's a free month, you know, tryout going on. And they said, yeah, you know, you're interested in getting satellite radio regularly. And I said, yeah, how much is it? they like, well, it's twenty five ninety five a month. By the time I was done, I was I I got the year for uh, just under sixty dollars. Yeah, about five dollars a month. That's about what about the uh, satellite radio. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know what? A... Go ahead. Satellite radio, John, is great. It really is good. Uh, if you're in your car, it really is a really nice way to go. You know, we've got the uh, the over the air stations, BZ and uh, 95.9. Uh, they're very very good with information. But you know, satellite radio, if you like listening to a particular type of music or whatever, it's really worthwhile. Yeah, it, it you know for people who, especially people that travel, truck drivers and stuff that are in their truck all the time and they don't want to be constantly trying to find the next radio station when they go from you know Massachusetts to Connecticut to New York to New Jersey, you know they put one station on and it works out. But sometimes it's you know just say ah that's more than I want to spend. Can you do any better? That's more than I want to spend. Can you do any better? And sometimes with some of those big companies like that with subscription services, you can do a little bit better. And all it takes you do a lot. Some- Sometimes, yeah, all, all, it, all it is is sometimes just uh, just asking the question. Uh, now, you, you for, you know, we've known each other now for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. You've driven a lot of new cars over the years. What have you been driving lately that you, that you really like? Well, Carla and I are just a, uh, we, uh, we just, we have right now an EV6, I believe you call it, a Kia. Uh, full yep. electric vehicle. I got it with about 98% charge, 325 miles, a couple of different driving modes. And every person that looks at this car just shakes their head. Never would know it's a Kia. It's really futuristic looking, really nice ambient lighting in, inside the car at night. Just a nice all-around full electric vehicle if that's what's on your smorgasbord. If not, there are so many other nice vehicles out there. And they're, they're pretty affordable. Um, a lot of the Kia and Hyundais, Toyotas, 
the Nissans. These are these are pretty good. You notice I didn't mention any American cars because I don't know what an American car is anymore. I haven't seen uh, from the big three a true American uh, car in a long time. I don't know. Does Ford even making a car anymore? Uh, not uh, you know unless it's a Mustang. They're not making too many. And the and the idea of I drove a uh, I drove a Buick SUV. Uh, back, I don't know, six, eight months ago, uh, everything, including the tires, were made in China. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, wow. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. where we're going. Yeah, I the, do know the, yeah, yeah, the idea that, the idea that it wasn't just, uh, you know, it wasn't just a car that maybe they made the engine in China. It was the entire car they made it in China and then shipped it back to the United States. And I looked at the tires on it, and the tires right on the tires said made in China. So it was, it was, uh, it was a little disappointing coming from Buick. You know, it's kind of like your Cadillac Alante that was made in Italy. They flew them back over here and put motors in them from, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing. Um, that, you know, that, you, you, that, that, that Alante had, I think it had uh, 15,000 miles on it before you got it because it kept going back and forth to going, kept going back and forth to Italy. It was kind of crazy. Mercedes yeah. has come a long way, John. And Mercedes used to be, hey, look what I got. I have a Mercedes Benz. Um, if you look at Mercedes Benz now, you see a tremendous amount of those cars out there, and they have come a long way, and their pricing um, is not that far out of reach for a lot of people. You know, they have the um, a lot of the two-year-old Mercedes, Sears and Charlie-class cars, which was their bread-and-butter uh, car that they did send out for, you know, leases. The only bad thing about Mercedes or BMW, their entry-level cars, a lot of them have that crappy, crappy, crappy four-cylinder engine with a turbo that is probably worse than the Chevy Chevette was and a Ford Pinto was back in the day. They just sound terrible, and they idle terrible. Once you get them going, they're okay. But other than that, they're really pretty crappy uh, engines on the four-cylinder yeah. turbos. You know, And you can buy a, uh, a two-year-old one. For just about the same money as you're going to buy uh, for a new Camry, and that's exactly what we did. We were going to buy a new Camry, and it was $42,000, and they wanted a $4,000 bump in the price of the Camry. It was a really nice V6 loaded. I said, no, nah, that's okay. So we went up to one of the Chambers dealerships. He had a, a two-year-old uh, Mercedes E-Class, all-wheel drive, six-cylinder with twin turbos, really nice car. It was $3,000 more than the Camry would have been. And it had a, uh, it was a certified car, which gives you, you know, full warranty. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned certified. Certified means different things to different car companies. Sometimes it doesn't. Yes. I, I remember looking at a certified, uh, I don't remember what it was exactly, but, you know, I looked at it and, you know, the left front tire was a brand new tire on it and it was an all wheel drive vehicle. And I'm like, well, you can't have. You know, a, a twenty thousand mile or twenty five thousand mile car with three original tires and one new one, and they were trying to point out that, uh, you know, hey, we put a new tire on this. And I'm like, well, you should have put two and maybe four on it. And uh, so sometimes you gotta you gotta ask the question, you know, what does certified mean? What does it do with the warranty? Like a Hyundai uh, certified pre-owned means that hundred thousand mile warranty goes with you. If it's not certified pre-owned, it stops at sixty thousand. So it, it yeah. can make a difference. Well, the car that we bought was certified, went up to look at it, and took it for a ride. I says, this thing's got to have a bad strut or a bad bushing. 
the driver's seat bolster was worn out because of the leather. And the guy says, well, it's not really leather. It's leatherette. I said, well, whatever it is, it's got to be fixed. Yeah, uh, they yeah. showed me a Carfax report. The seat had already been fixed once. So wow. I said, no, you got to put a new cover on it. We're not taking the yeah, car. Yeah, you got to yeah. do this, that, and the other thing. And he said, okay, but if you had bought the car and brought it back, no, there's nothing we could do for you. But before you take delivery of that car, they will do everything in that, that the car needs. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, that's the way it shouldn't be like that. But the buyer beware. And always bring someone with you that doesn't care if you buy the car or not, if you can. Or before you buy it, bring it down to your local shop. And if they won't let you bring it down and get a you know, a private inspection on the car, walk away and go find something yeah. else. And yeah, don't make, yeah. don't jump and buy the car at the first moment. They will call you back. They are looking to sell whatever they have for sale because they don't have a lot of cars for sale. And if you walk out of that dealership without the car or truck or van, you may not walk back in and they know it. Yeah, you're right. And the idea of uh, walking away you know, it is at the end of the day, it's just a car. It's just it. It's no different than any other appliance. It's just it's just a car. And, you know, if it if it isn't if it isn't going to work out, it isn't going to work out for you. And that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, you brought up you brought up a good point about, you know, bringing someone with you sometimes not not just for kind of, a you know, support, but sometimes they may see something you don't see. And that person you know, you may be all hot and excited to go buy a car, but that person can kind of say, hey, look, you know, do you really want this? It's got, you know, we got this and this. And you have all the power before you give them the check. After you give them the check, you don't have a lot of power left. You know, we uh, we bought a pretty expensive car the last time you and I were talking. And I went up to pick it up that day, and I was in a bit of a rush when we were on the phone together uh, on your show. And I, I, I refused to take the car the way it was. I said, you know what, I'll just take my car back. I'd already paid for the car, but I didn't have the title work on it. I didn't give the yep. title to my car. I said, you know, we're going to call it a day, and uh, I'll just get it. what do you want me to do? I says, I need a check for $5,000 to cover the cost of the seat, and I want the seat repaired, you know, stained, re yep. die before I take it. And you've got to have someone professionally detail the car before I take it, or I'm going to walk. And you know they didn't want to give me the money back. No, of course so not. They, they course took not. care of it. They took care of the car perfectly, and I think we put fifteen miles on the car in three weeks. <laughs> kind of crazy, <laughs> but it's all right. But it, you know, again, buy a beware. Bring someone with you. Say, let me make a phone call. Let me check with my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever it might be, before I buy the car. I, I, that's my orders. You know, blame yep. the other person that's not with you if you don't have a person with you. But that's what yep. you need to do. But the bottom line is, again, people, buyer needs to beware. Um, there are so many options out there today. My buddy just bought a Kia Telluride, and he got a bag and a two grand over sticker. Yeah, isn't that isn't that amazing? How you know the the Tellurides were were eight and ten thousand over sticker for a while. They've kind of calmed down a little bit now, but um, but yeah, that pretty amazing. You used to go in and MSRP was your starting price, and you went down from there. Now all of a sudden MSRP is the starting price, and you go up from there. Except if it's a Dodge pickup truck, yeah, a Ram. They're yeah. discounting those yeah. things like crazy. Jeep yeah. is now discounting vehicles. Um, I saw a couple of commercials for GMC, and I think I saw one for Chevrolet pickups, where they're finally starting to discount them a little bit. 
Well, they must be inventories must be starting to climb a little bit. And they must be getting worried about finance charges and all of that for that to start to happen. You know, the dealers, the deal have had a good year, even though they haven't had a lot of inventory. They've been their profit numbers have been really good. So, um, you know, so, you know, they'll say, yeah, we didn't sell as much, but we made a whole lot more money on each one that we sold. Yeah. And that doc fee, John, you know what? Everybody's got to pay a doc fee nowadays. Um, when I go to buy a, a car um, at a, a dealership, as far as being new, um, they have the dock fee. Nothing I can do with it. Uh, sorry about that. And you know what? You pay the dock fee. I pay the dock fee. Everybody seems to be paying these dock fees, which is just another way to generate some income. And the dock fees, John, run anywhere from $300 on average, two ninety nine to to probably down where you are, up to double or triple that. They can get what they want in a lot of states. We're limited to $850 uh, in Massachusetts. Yeah, and in New York, in New York, they're only limited to $50. Yeah, but I amazing. think in New York, I think in New York, they probably uh, stick it up your backside in uh, a different way by deal yeah. of prep. You know? Yeah, you prob- but, probably probably something, but but the uh, you know it it is it is you know things have things have changed a lot. You know somebody somebody wrote to me the other day, and they went in for an oil change, and something something else, some other p- pretty minor thing, and they charged them for a brake fluid adjustment for nine dollars. Yeah, believe that, huh? Nine dollars for brake fluid adjustment. And the guy said, "What's a brake fluid adjustment?" I said, "Maybe topping off the brake fluid." I said, the, the, the "Brake fluid adjustment. What you know? What what is that?" I said, "What it is? It's another way to make a little bit more money uh, on work that when I first started doing oil changes a million years ago, you topped off all the fluids, including the windshield washer, and that was all included in the price of the oil change." Yeah, well, that's. A, I'm glad you brought that up. The price of an oil change now is pretty much gone through the roof uh, because of the pricing of everything. Um, when we have to top off brake fluid, it is at no charge. Power steering fluid, we will top that off. The only thing that we hit you additionally for is uh, if your car takes, you know, half a gallon of, uh, you know, windshield washer solvent. Yeah, that yeah. we do hit you for now. Um, the other thing that dealers I really drives me up a tree is they'll charge you like twenty two dollars to install wiper blades. Yeah, somebody somebody told me the other day they went and had wiper blades put on their uh, I, I think it was a Ford Explorer, and by the time they got out of the dealership, it was a hundred dollars to put a pair of wiper blades on. Yeah, yep. That's yeah, that, it, that, that to me is a bit outrageous. That's in other words. Screw you! Don't come back here. I don't need your business. Yeah. Before we before we let you go, and we've, you've been you've been gracious enough to stay with us for forty five yeah. minutes here while we've been what testing I- stuff along. Um, you know, winter time's coming. It's it's you know year round maintenance is always the best. If you keep keep your car maintained year round, you're never really going to have a problem in the summer and the winter time. But um, but you know a lot of people just don't do anything to their cars, which is why you know we put in. You know, three hundred and fifty thousand batteries every year in, in the Northeast here at AAA, and uh, but people are people are kind of forgetting about their maintenance. And you know, I've seen some um, some engine cooling, some antifreeze lately that uh, it might protect the car to thirty below zero if you can see through it to be able to see what the gauge says. 
Yeah, you know, we're doing a lot of coolant changes now, believe it or not. Uh, people started all of a sudden, at least in my neck of the woods, maybe because we have given a brochure, and uh, we're using uh, pretty much the Napper brand of antifreeze, which they don't make it. That's made by someone else, yeah. like everything else in this world. But there are, uh, you have the red, the pink, the blues, uh, no more green, John. But a lot of red, a lot of blue, a lot of pink for the Chryslers, and uh, some yellows for the Fords. And the difference is you have the organic and inorganic antifreeze. And Ford vehicles love organic antifreeze. Why? I don't know. Batteries, you're really good about that. Very important. And as far as getting back to the oil real quickly, there is nothing wrong with taking your vehicle with 100,000 miles, 150,000 miles, and using full synthetic oil. There is, it's not like it used to be. You're not going to cause any problems. And if you've got a car with a CVT transmission in it, changing the transmission fluid, even though it says it doesn't need to be changed, it is so important to do so. And whether it's a Toyota or whatever kind of car it is, transmission fluid does break down. And uh, we use only, and you should use only, the specific transmission fluid for that vehicle, not a universal fluid. Uh, like a lot of people say you can. And you usually will get a lot more life out of those trannies. And, again, GM transmissions, like everybody else's, have been seeing some issues because of dirty transmission fluid. It just breaks down, John. Yeah, it breaks down. It it it, it, it overheats, and once it overheats, it starts to give you a lot of problems. And, you know, and that's one of the questions that I'm sure you get from your customers all the time. Somebody rolls into your shop, and we'll pick a car, you know, Toyota Camry. It's got 140,000 miles on it. They've never changed their transmission fluid, and they they say to you, Junior, should should I change it? It looks pretty good. What should I, should I change it? Should I leave it alone? I've heard if I change it, I might be facing problems. I heard if I leave it alone, I might be facing problems. What do you tell a customer when they come in asking that question? Let's drop the pan if you if you have a pan. A lot of Toyos have pans. Yep. Drop yep. the pans, change the fluid and the filter. You're not flushing out all the tranny fluid that's in the converter, but you are putting in a filter and you are putting in uh, probably six quarts or five, four quarts, whatever it might be, of new fresh Toyota, whether it's world standard Toyota or a T4 fluid, T5 or 6, whatever they call for it. And on a Toyota, the 2010s and 11s and newers, you have to pull off the inner fender well cover a little bit, and you fill the transmission fluid from the side of the tranny with a pump. Dodges, Chryslers, a lot of Fords, again, you fill the transmission fluid with a pump. There is no dipstick on a lot of these vehicles. Yeah, no, it is It is pretty amazing. Hey, Junior, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Sunday morning, uh, getting you off to, getting you off your John Deere there, and uh, we'll let you get back on the John Deere and dethatch your lawn, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, hey, John, it's 70 years hey, before, old. Before, first time before I we'll, my lawn. <laughs> yeah, and, and, what's, and what's the phone number at the shop if people want to get a hold of you? Uh, it's 508-946-2227. Uh, you want to look me up on Facebook? It's jr.jrdomato. There you go. That's that is Junior Domato, ASE certified, Master Tech, AAA approved auto repair shop. Thank you, Junior. Talk to you soon. Good luck to you and Miss Joanne. Bye bye, buddy. All right. Take care. We need to take another break, pay some bills. It's about uh, ten minutes before the hour. We'll get. We'll be back in just a bit. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have twenty four seven roadside assistance which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in. 
even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and car rentals, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Well, hey there. It's Chris from South Shore Buds in Marshfield. I don't know about you, but I grew up pretty skeptical of anything cannabis related. From the time I drank juice in a box to long after I drank wine from a box, I stayed away. I just said no. It wasn't until I met someone who answered all of my questions, and I had a lot of them, that I finally gave it a try. It didn't take long for me not just to become a fan, but to discover the potential benefits of cannabis. So if you're curious, if you've got questions, like I did, stop by South Shore Buds. Or if you're an experienced consumer looking for a thoughtfully curated menu, stop by South Shore Buds. We'll help you find your happy place. We're at 985 Plain Street, just off Route 3 at Exit 27 in Marshfield. Or check us out online where you can browse, place an order for pickup, or place an order for delivery at SouthShoreBuds.com. That's SouthShoreBuds.com. Always consume responsibly. Don't miss the Just Steph show every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. for fun guests and tips on living your best life every day. I'm bringing sexy back to Monday nights. Tomorrow night from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program. I, I hope the mic was off during that part. but uh, It, was, know, some, it was. Sometimes sometimes the conversations during the breaks are more interesting than the show. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. And uh, I, I, I purposely didn't take any phone calls today because I wasn't sure how this little bit of goofy technology was going to work. Uh, if, again, uh, usually when I do the program remotely, I use a, a piece of equipment called a Comrex Bricklink. Uh, you know, it's probably a little too much inside radio, but it's a little box that connects to another box that's at the station. It has to be hardwired into uh, your computer network at your house, so you plug it into your router kind of thing. Uh, you hook a mixer up to that, and you have a microphone and a headset. Uh, Comrex has a an app uh, which kind of simulates something similar to that, uh, but I don't have a microphone for my cell phone. Uh, but I do have a cordless headset that is um, that has a, a you know one one earpiece and a and a microphone uh, that is made for it's actually a trucker's headset. It's actually made uh, for long haul truckers kind of thing. It has a band on top of it that is a solar panel that helps keep the batteries charged. And um, so I had it I had it sitting in the window since yesterday, making sure the battery would be charged uh, because of. Uh, limited cell phone service. My cell phone is actually outside on a trash barrel um, uh, because the the cell phone service. When I when I checked uh, um, internet speed inside the house, it was I don't know, four or five kilobytes of uh, upload speed. Outside, it's fifty. 
So it was uh, it was ten times faster having it sit outside than inside. Uh, maybe just the little position it was sitting in. So I wasn't sure all of this was going to work. And maybe by next week, Comcast will reconnect our internet, so I'll be able to get things done. Well, as long uh, as you didn't leave the phone on your propane tanks outside, you should be safe, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, that's you're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And uh, it, it was sort of, and I don't know that if this was some kind of a um, a sign, uh, but as I was going through the rubble, and my house, other than a leaky ceiling in part of a room and missing part of the roof, um, is actually livable as opposed to the woman who lives across the street from me and her house is her primary house. Um, her house is missing. The only thing that's standing is, um, is her bathroom, uh, which is where she rode out the hurricane was in her bathroom. And she said it wasn't just a hurricane. It was actually a tornado. Um, and that doesn't, I don't doubt that for a minute. Looking at, looking at the devastation, the red cross were here yesterday driving through and they said, this was about as bad as they had seen, probably because of a tornado. So, and hurricanes spawn spawn tornadoes. So, it is uh, it's it's a uh, it's a tough time for a lot of people down here. Uh, I'm going to go back to trying to fix the roof, I guess, and uh, you know we'll just kind of we'll kind of go from there and see see how things are going. But it is it is um, it is interesting. But like I was saying. The, uh, I was going through a bunch of rubble in my yard where I found everything from a shed to, uh, uh, I don't know, just all, I, you know, tables, stuff, all kinds of stuff that was in my yard. But under all this debris was a, uh, a, a picture of um, Jaws, and it was the picture of the, the shark with a boat, and it said, you're going to need a bigger boat. And... Uh, just odd that would show up in my yard, and it and it looked it looked uh, it was still wrapped in plastic wherever it came from. So I don't know if it came out of a store, or uh, somebody had it in their house. But oh, wait, this wasn't uh, this wasn't originally yours. No, no, just someone else. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, better no. than Jaws showing up, I guess, with the streets being flooded. I, I guess, I guess, and and literally, if I if I look kind of across the street, there was a, there was a shed in a tree up about twenty five feet in the air. I mean, it was, this yeah, was... That sounds as, like something a tornado would, would cause. Did you yeah. see the footage? There was footage of, of sharks swimming down the street from Florida. I, I, heard, I heard that. We didn't, have, we didn't have sharks swimming, and uh, uh, there was, a, but apparently there was 18 inches of water in the street. So it was a shark, I guess, could at least a, at least an alligator could could swim in my street. I know that. So uh, it was it's um, it's it's bad. It's bad. And I feel bad for the uh, the people that are uh, businesses. There's a there's a uh, uh, a pizza place up the street that literally there's nothing left. It's got two sides and no roof on it. And next to that was a woman's consignment shop. That's completely gone. The little downtown area is completely gone. All all the glass storefronts were blown out. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of flying debris. A house two doors up from me uh, is a fairly new house, so it was made to be Category Four certified hurricane proof. It all worked out good till a chunk of a uh, 
uh, carport support went through the roof. So a two-by-two two, uh, metal post went right through the roof. Uh, and that was a regular wooden roof. That would have happened to any any roof. So it's uh, Mother Nature was not happy down here. So it sounds like uh, you kind of lucked out with your house mostly being intact. Mostly, we drove down here with the idea that we were either going to come down and stay for the winter or turn around and go back home because we didn't know we didn't know what we were going to be faced with. And the local hotels are absolutely full up the ones that are open because they needed some place for the workers that came into town to try to fix stuff. So, Hey, that music means we need to go. Uh, you've been listening to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. I want to thank our guest, junior D'Amato of juniors automotive. And of course, Jesse, our executive producer for doing the good things that he does back at the station until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over, saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.